What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of MNN Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Rivera alongside Mark Morales. Mark, how we doing? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad on this. Fine. What's, I don't even know what day it is today. Thursday? It's Friday? It's Friday, February 7th. Ooh. See, I'm, look at this. I'm losing track of my days. What is going on? <laughs> What are we talking about today, Mark? Today, we'll, we'll discuss some of the NBA tre- trade deadline moves. We'll talk about the uh, D'Angelo Russell trade, maybe a little bit about the Andre Drummond trade. And we'll definitely discuss the Knicks trade with the Clippers. We'll talk about their new, well, their potentially new hire of Leon Rose in World Wide West. And then later on in the episode, we'll discuss the Mookie Betts trade, the potential trade since as of right now, the trade is being held up due to a complication with one of the pitchers with the health of his arm. But we'll discuss the trade, if it goes through, what it means for the New York Yankees. And then, of course, we got to finish it off with some Yankees injuries because what else is new when it comes to the Yankees? My favorite. I love it. (laughs) So let's start off talking about the trade deadline. So, Nick, you know, it was kind of an uneventful trade deadline for the most part yesterday, other than the big name in D'Angelo Russell getting moved. And then I think the the biggest – or the, the most shocking move of the trade deadline was Andre Drummond being traded from the Pistons to the Cavs. Yeah, I didn't understand that when I was reading it. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was just like, what's the what was the point of that? Both teams are, are not good at all. And then, like, think about this now. The Cavs are going to have Andre Drummond, um, Tristan Thompson, and Kevin Love all on the court together. How is that going to work? Yeah, I, I, that's pretty disgusting. I, I don't understand... I'll never understand the Cavs' mindset when they don't have LeBron. It's kind of just <laughs> – they were dysfunctional before, with, and after LeBron. Like, I, I don't understand the mindset, the game plan, the future. I don't know. I guess that's their, that's their big three. They're going to sell to everybody. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what's going on there. There's going to be a lot of blowout losses and a lot of ankles being shook and a lot of wide-open layups. But, hey. That's the direction they want to go, I guess. Not my direction, but the direction of the Cavs' future. Incredible. Cleveland is rejoicing right now. <laughs> yeah. And in that trade, the uh, the Pistons, they received John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second-round draft pick in 2023. Ew. So they didn't really get a whole lot for Drummond. And then Drummond went on Twitter after the trade and tweets this, quote, if there's one thing I learned about the NBA, there's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons, and to have this happen with no heads up makes you realize even more that this is just a business. I love you, Detroit. End quote. So clearly he was upset about that. He's just saying that because he didn't want to go to Cleveland. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't happy. He was not having a good time in Detroit. And he thought he's, you know, he's going to get traded to Miami, South Beach, L.A., New York. And they sent him to Cleveland. He was like, man, enough of this. So that's where he's coming from. He's just being a little drama queen. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that the Knicks didn't trade for Drummond. Because to me, I think Mitchell would have had to have been in the trade deal. Because why would you have Mitchell and Andre Drummond? Because, you know, Andre Drummond would be considered your future, your star, uh, center of the future, and that's what Mitch is supposed to be right now. But, yeah, the, the trade with the, the Cavs and the Pistons really didn't make much sense to me at all. 
Um, but one trade that did make sense to me was the D'Angelo Russell trade where the Warriors agreed to trade D'Angelo Russell to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 protected first-round pick, and a 2022 second-round pick. Um, the Warriors will also send Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman to the Timberwolves. So Did you said that makes sense to you. I mean, I get it for Minnesota standpoint. I don't understand it from the Warriors standpoint. No, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. I understand it more towards the Timberwolves because, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, they're good friends. They've been saying for years now that they want to play together. They're also friends with Devin Booker, so now there's speculation that eventually Booker will, might end up in Minnesota as well to team up with his two other friends. But from a, a Timberwolves standpoint, it makes total sense. You're getting rid of Andrew Wiggins, who's been awful so far in his NBA career and has an awful contract as well. And now you're bringing in a good young point guard in D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, he's going to be under contract for about three more years at max money. But now you team him up with Carl Anthony Towns, who's been starting to get a little annoyed there in Minnesota. They haven't won a game with him in the starting lineup since before Thanksgiving. Here we are on February 7th. And, the, you know, like that's just crazy to me how they haven't won a game with him starting since then. Um, you know, and he's come out and said a few days ago that he's sick of losing and he's been losing his entire career. And I think this, this, the Timberwolves kind of had to make this move, Nick, because they want to keep Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. And the only way to do that, the only way to make him happy was to bring his friend over. And, and it showed because I don't know if you saw, Nick, but last night, Carl Anthony Towns greeted D'Angelo Russell as he got off the plane with a Russell, Minnesota jersey. And he also bought him a coat since it's uh, freezing cold over there. See, I kind of, I don't know what's going on with Minnesota. Like, this is kind of the, the usually the spell of small market teams is they they have their one star they don't spend money they don't bring in players but Minnesota they they did bring in players they just didn't win so I don't know if it's them if it's the players they brought in like they bring in Jimmy they bring mm-hmm. in Derrick Rose they bring in Jeff Teague like they've been consistently making moves they just haven't been the moves haven't been panning out but then you see. These players, they move on to other teams and they do well for themselves. So I don't know if it's just the Timberwolves, if it's Carl Anthony Towns, it's other pieces, but I don't know. It seems like other teams, they don't surround their players and then they end up leaving. But, like, if you're Minnesota, you got to look at Carl Anthony Towns like, look, bro, we're, <laughs> we're trying. And, look, now they just bring in D'Angelo Russell. Like, they, they keep trying to make it move uh, to make it work. They bring in different coaches. Like, it's not like they're not trying. So, I respect the Timberwolves, but, like, the past, ever since they've had uh, Carl Anthony Towns, it really hasn't been working out for them. I don't know when it will, hopefully, or maybe this will change, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, from If you have Jimmy and, and Derek Rose and all their other players and they weren't able to do anything, I don't know if adding Russell will really move the needle too much. That's fair. Um, my only thing to say with that is maybe, you know, D. Rose – maybe didn't fit with them that well. And, and, you know, he really, his career really took off again after he joined the Knicks. Um, now, what, was he with the Timberwolves before the Knicks or after the Knicks? Uh, ooh, I think it was before. Uh, let's see. It had to be. No, it was after the Knicks. So, I mean, maybe he just didn't fit well with, with the, uh, the Timberwolves um, because of maybe his style of play. Um, Jeff Teague, maybe the same type of thing. I mean, De- Jeff Teague was never like an amazing, amazing player. Um, the only thing I want to say about Jimmy Butler is remember that conflict that they had about him like, calling out Timberwolves, calling them soft, and you know he was constantly butting heads. So maybe that caused um, 
you know, just bad locker room presence and it just brought everybody down. But I mean, he wasn't um, wrong. No, yeah, he wasn't. But, you know, if you're Carl Anthony Towns and you're getting paid max money, you're like, you know, I don't want to hear this. I'm, I'm the star of this team. This is, well, you know, maybe it's my now. team. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe bringing over D'Angelo Russell, that changes everything. And, you know, now it's a lot different when you're playing with your friend as opposed to playing with people that you're not really friendly with. And especially when you're playing with a guy named Andrew Wiggins who's expected to be a great player, he's making max money and, and he's not performing up to the level of his contract at all. So maybe this changes the things now for Minnesota. I don't see them making a drastic run for the playoffs this year, but mostly next year and see what they could do in the offseason and, and just see how these two players gel and are able to grow this year. Now, let's get into the mind of the Warriors. Like, first of all, I've seen Warriors social media been real quiet ever since, you know, they've been the worst in the league. But that's not <laughs> my business. We're going to keep it pushing, I guess, because all of a sudden I've seen the Warrior kind of fan base die out immediately overnight. But now they're all Laker fans. I know. Very, very strange. <laughs> very convenient. Weird. But and I've seen a lot, a lot less talks of Curry being the goat since he hasn't been playing. But that's none of my business. But if you're the, if you're the um, what's it called, uh, the Warriors? What's the mindset of when Clay and Curry come back? Is Wiggins gonna come off the bench? Is he gonna fit in the starting lineup? I where is yeah. he fit? Uh, I think he's definitely going to start. I mean, he's making max money. They're not going to trade for a guy who's making max money and, and have him come off the bench. But I could see him being like a Harrison Barnes type of role. Remember, remember Harrison at Barnes? Max money, Harrison Barnes I mean, at max money. That's yikes! I don't know what what they're doing. It yeah, kind of took away their flexibility. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I mean, they're paying Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry, forty million a year. They're paying um, Green. They're paying Clay, and now they're going to have to pay. Andrew Wiggins, so maybe with a, a change of scenery, with new coaches, um, new expectations, maybe Andrew Wiggins is able to blossom into the player everyone expected him to be. But I have a prediction, What's and up? I got a feeling it's going to come true. He's not, <laughs> not going to blossom. He's going to be the same old Andrew Wiggins bum. If that's the case, and I thought I, then that would be a horrible trade for the Warriors. If he never turns out to be anything special, if he continues to play. Not you know at the at the level he's been playing at, then trading away D'Angelo Russell, who's a great player, that that's that would have been a horrible move. And the Warriors didn't even let like they didn't even try to see how D'Angelo Russell fits with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They didn't even give it a chance. Well, I feel like they just originally signed them just to trade him or just to have him on the court temporarily for um, before Curry and them came back. But at the same time, like. He just signed his deal. It's not like he was, it was like a one-time deal or you had to move him immediately. No one came back from injury yet, so I, yeah. I don't understand the huge rush. But hey, I mean, you could have had, um, you could have had everyone come back, and then he comes back, and then you trade him in the off season after you win some games. You know, bring up his value a little bit. But I guess the thinking was this was his value at an all-time high. I don't think it was, but. Hey, they got Andrew. It's not even like they got Andrew Wiggins out of it. They gave away more people too. Like that kind of blew my mind. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I'm not an executive because that doesn't make sense to me. Well, they have to make the money match. So I'm not too sure exactly how much Wiggins is making and how exactly how much Daniel Russell's making. But if let's just say Wiggins is owed, I don't know. Let's just say he's owed like fifty million dollars left, right? 
and D'Angelo Russell is only owed thirty million dollars left. You can't just straight up trade one for one. You gotta you gotta match the salary. So maybe getting rid of the other two players as well, where you know maybe that helped the Warriors match salary, so the trade could work. I guess, but if if that's the big thing, no one asked them to sign D'Angelo Russell to a max contract. Yeah, I mean he played with Steph Curry in the beginning of the year before Steph went down with injury, but. No, I agree with you. Should have, they should have at least waited to see how he fit in with everybody else and then make a decision come the offseason. And you know what's funny? You said that it seems like they just signed Russell to trade him. Right after they signed him, the, uh, the GM of the, of the Warriors said in a press conference, we didn't sign D'Lo just to trade him. So he kind of pulled a Dave Gettleman with Odell Beckham. When oh, you think about my it. Favorite. Like, I don't understand – like the lying and like the the whole aspect, like that kind of just mind blows my mind. But hey, like I, it seems every day that to be a GM in professional sports, you have to have no brain cells and no logical thinking for eighty percent of the people. So hey, maybe I I guess I'll never get hired because I think I have common sense. But now let's talk about one more trade before we go to the Knicks trade. It's it was the Heat. Trading away Dion Waiters, Justin Winslow, and James Johnson to the Memphis Grizzlies for Andre Iguodala, Solomon Hill, and Jay Crowder. So the Ew. Heat, the Heat bring in uh, a good vet and and uh, Andre Iguodala. They bring in a good player in Solomon Hill and a very good player in Jay Crowder. And you know, there's been a lot of drama out in Memphis regard uh, surrounding Andre Iguodala because he he. Got traded to the Timberwolves this past offseason. Didn't want to play for them. Um, they agreed that they would try to move him to a contender. Then a couple of young players started calling out Iguodala the past couple of weeks. One guy in particular, um, he said that, uh, I can't wait for him to get moved so we could play him and show him what he's missing. Then John Morant chimed in and like kind of put an emoji kind of agreeing with, the, with that player. Then Steph Curry posted a picture on his Instagram story of Iguodala with the finals MVP trophy. And then uh, John Morant tweeted to, tweeted out a picture of Kevin Durant with the finals MVP trophy. So it just became a very, very messy situation. Apparently, John Morant and Steph Curry talked. They're on, you know, they're cool. There was no beef at all. John Morant actually idolized Steph Curry growing up. Um, so there's no bad blood between the two of them. But now Iguodala is on the heat. And Nick, I think this heat team, I think they're pretty legit, man. I mean, right now, they're 34 and 16. They're in one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference right now. And now that you bring in a, a good vet in Iguodala, and I think Jay Crowder, both of them are going to really help this team possibly take the next step and be one of the one of the top teams in the East. They're not the best. Obviously, you have Milwaukee. Um, you still have Boston there, um, Toronto. But the Heat now, I mean, they become a legit team as well to possibly make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's a lot to unpack there. One, I think the the Grizzlies are soft for just trading him. Like, I don't I don't understand these teams. Like, if they if these players hold out after they are there for X, Y, and Z number of years, like if I'm the Grizzlies and Iguodala says he's not playing for me, he wants to play for a winner contender. I'm like bet, and I'm letting him rot on the bench. <laughs> I would be petty like that. I don't know why teams just immediately cave in. Like, oh. We have to move him. Like he was on, he was on the bill for like at least uh, two years. I feel like wasn't he? What do you mean? Like wasn't his contract like say he would have just stayed in Gri- in the Grizzlies? 
was in his contract at least like two years, something like that? Or was it going to expire uh, soon? I think it was going to expire soon because he signed, he agreed to a two year, $30 million extension with the Heat right after the trade went through. Oh. Well, I don't know what, but anyway, if I like all these players recently, I feel like they just hold out. Like, for example, Ezekiel Elliott, he's on, he's like got another two, three years on his contract. I'm letting him rot. If, if I'm Jerry Jones, bet. You want to play? Say less, Chief. Have fun. <laughs> but I don't know. That's just me. And two, the thing with John Moran tweeting the, the Kevin Durant picture, that's hilarious because the Warriors really think that they uh, did all this stuff without Kevin Durant. But, hey, I'm going to let them rock. They won their one championship against the Cavs team that uh, had the big three of LeBron, Timothy Mozgov, and Matthew Delavadova. That's a scary lineup right there. But, hey, we'll let them win their, their one championship without KD. And <laughs> the third thing, the Heat are not for real. Get out of my face, Mark Morales. The Heat <laughs> are not legit. And they got a the lot of good players down there, man. Me. Get out of my face, the Heat. They got they those two rookies. Legit. They have Bam. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Abiado or something like that. And they have Jimmy <laughs> Butler. <Abbiado. laughs> no, I've definitely screwed his me. name up. They do not scare me. The Heat are not legit. You're out of bio. First. Bam out of bio. That's his name. You heard it here first. The Heat are not legit. Do not listen to this blasphemy, this hearsay, this garbage. <laughs> the Heat are not legit. All right. We'll see. But I think bringing in Iggy and Jay Crowder, I think that helps them a lot. But we'll I see. I mean, that... Iggy hasn't played for half the year. So who knows if he's if he's really going to be locked in, how, how he's going to perform after you know doing nothing for months on end. And right now, the Heat are fourth in the East at 34 and 16. Who, who else is in the East? Who? Who are they <laughs> I playing mean, you got the Milwaukee Bucks, you got the Raptors, the Knicks, the Celtics, the Magic. <laughs> Trash. The Nets? Ew. <laughs> the Nets. Ew. So well, I can't wait till Kyrie and KD come back and the Nets don't win a championship. I know. It would be a huge failure if that's the case. If they don't win in the in the four-year span, well, now three-year span, so six years of watch, complete failure. Oh, I can't wait. They really think they're going to win immediately. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see their look of shock and despair. I can't wait till they, they're like us next fans. If I got to be bitter, they got to be bitter. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Knicks, now let's talk about their trade with Mookie Betts. That, uh, not Mookie Betts. <laughs> Let's talk about their tree that, that involves Marcus Morris. Mook. That's where I was getting it from. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Mookie Betts. I am confusion. Yeah. So there's there was a lot of talk the past couple of weeks of how the Knicks weren't going to trade Marcus Morris, how they were going to keep him. They like him around the locker room, how he fits in with the young guys, how he interacts with them. And he's their leading scorer, averaging around 19 points per game. And he's been great for the Knicks. Um, Steve Mills was fired. Um, a few a few days ago. Praise the heavens. Yeah, it was about time after 20 years of nonsense. Um, you know, he has you know, a losing the record. Is, the What's best up? part is he still has a job. I know. He's on like the, the MSG board or something like that. Mind-blowing. That's why the Knicks are the way that they are. Well, he's he has nothing to do with the Knicks now. It has to do with MSG, like the brand of MSG. It has nothing to do with the Knicks. But, I'll never understand that James Dolan. Uh, yeah, well, he's like BFS with him. Job. <laughs> You're doing a horrible job. I'm gonna fire you, but like you could, you could keep. I'll keep paying you to do something else. Here you go. Yeah, right. Must be nice to have friends like that. 
Uh, this is why, they, as long as James owns, James owns the owner of the Knicks and the Rangers, nothing's getting done. No winning, no championship, no hope. <laughs> well, we'll see about that because I think they have a, a very bright future ahead. But I think they have a very dark future. <laughs> but following the firing of Steve Mills, Scott Perry became the interim GM for the for you know for the meantime. Doesn't mean he's going to stick around to be the GM next year. Just for the for right now and for the for the trade deadline, he was in charge of the Knicks. So a few hours before the trade deadline, like actually early in the morning, there were reports that uh, apparently former CAA agent Leon Rose was going to be hired to be the new president of basketball operations. And then a little while later, it came out that Worldwide West actually got a role with the Knicks as well. And, you know, both these guys, Leon Rose, William Wesley, they're two of the most powerful men in the NBA. A lot of people know who they are. A lot of people in culture know who, know who uh, Wild, uh, Worldwide West is as well. There was a, uh, Drake had a song where he mentioned him. A lot of people know Leon Rose. He's, he's almost like the Scott Boris of the NBA. He represented LeBron James before he went to Rich Paul. He represents Joel Embiid. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, um, co-represented D'Angelo Russell. Um, I believe he also represented Chris Paul as well. Um, so he's very highly regarded in the NBA world. Um, he is also an agent of Allen Iverson at one point as well. Um, and Carmelo Anthony. So, I mean, he really knows a lot of people in the NBA. A lot of people in the NBA know him, respect him. And like I said, a lot of people in the NBA and in culture repre- uh, respect World Wide West. They call him Uncle Wes as well. So, I mean, the Knicks are really going full force in this rebrand and this this way to get a new image in the NBA world. And so far, I think they've done a great job. Um, And then when you look at the trade, it seems like Steve Mills wanted to keep Marcus Morris and Scott Perry didn't. And that was probably a big reason why he got fired, Steve Mills, because there was um, different ideas of where the organization should go. So ultimately, Steve Mills gets the axe. Scott Perry is now in charge of the trade deadline. And it came out that uh, Marcus Morris was traded to the Clippers for Mo Harkless, which is just an expiring contract, a 2020 Clippers first rounder, the rights to swap um, a 2021 first rounder with the Clippers, and the rights to Isuf Sanon, who is like a point guard who's mm-hmm. playing in Europe right now. And also they also received the Clippers 2021 second rounder. So basically they, they flipped Marcus Morris for a 2020 first rounder and a 2021 second rounder. Uh, that was Detroit's second rounder. Then they also have the rights to swap their first round pick with the Clippers next year if they want to. And rights to a point guard, a young point guard who's playing in Europe right now. So what's his name one more time? <laughs> Isuf Sanin, I think. Yeah, I definitely butchered his name, but basically just a young point guard plays out in Europe. I believe he was a second rounder. Um, but like I said, they get two picks out of it, potentially three. Now, let's just say next year, uh, you know, a lot of people were making fun of Knicks. Oh, why would they want the rights to swap? What's the odds the Knicks are going to be better than the Clippers next year? But if you think about it, Nick, let's just say next year the Clippers have, you know, they have like a warrior season like this year. Everyone's hurt and they just fold on the season They and then like look for – they just – you know, close their eyes, tank for the rest of the year, and, and look forward to the next season. In the event that happens, and let's just say the Clippers, very injured Clippers, ends up being just as bad as the Warriors this year, where they're even worse than the Knicks. You know, if you're the Knicks and the Clippers have, like, let's just say the fourth overall pick, and the Knicks have the eighth, 
they they could swap if they want to. So I think that was a great move too, just to kind of throw that in if if something like that were to happen. Your thoughts? Yeah, the <laughs> just I just thought the whole situation was funny because I got uh, Nick's Twitter. I got you telling me that we're trading, we're getting Kuzma, <laughs> we're getting we're getting these people, and Landry Shamet. Landry Shamet. We're getting these different players, and then the news break. And then the name I see is Mo Harkless. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I turned off my phone immediately. I said, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to go do something else. But then I saw the picks later and then I was like, okay, that makes more sense. But I, I literally just read uh, Nick's trading <laughs> Marcus Morris for Mo Harkless. I said, okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to throw my phone against the wall. <laughs> I, I no longer associate with the Knicks. I wish I read a little more, but initially I said, okay, this is what I thought it was going to happen. I have people telling me Kuzman, I got Mo Harkless. I said, all right, enough of this. Enough yeah, is enough. I was hyped. I thought for sure that the Knicks were going to get either Kuzma or Shabbat from the Clippers. I thought they were going to try to get D'Lo, but ultimately none of those trades went through. But I think the Knicks did what they had to do. They had, they, it made no sense to keep Marcus Morris. You know, he was going to be a free agent after this year. If he wanted to be a Nick, if he wants to come back, then the Knicks could sign him. Kind of do what the Yankees do with the Roldish Chapman a few years ago. Trade him away, get assets back, then re-sign him in the offseason. That's how they got Glaber Torres. Part of the Chapman deal with the Cubs. And then Chapman went on to win the World Series. And then he came back and signed long-term with the Yankees. So they had to do sort of the same thing here. Now, the Knicks got a few picks, which is great. And now when they have those picks... Um, including the picks they just got in the Morris deal, the Knicks now have seven first-round picks in the next four years. That's huge. If uh, It's huge for the Knicks, especially for Leon Rose um, and World Wide West. Who knows who the GM's going to be because, you know, Leon Rose still has to hire a GM if it's going to be Scott Perry or somebody else. But they're heading in the right direction. They have, they have a good young core with Mitch and RJ. You know, Knox has been a huge disappointment. Um Neil Aquina has been great defensively, and, and he seems like he's taken small, small strides in the offensive end, which is good. But with their young core that they have now, with the seven first next four years, plus all the second rounders that they have, you know, this is a very important time if you're going to be a Knicks GM. You know, and this is a good time if you're a Knicks fan because the, the future looks bright. Obviously, they have to hit on the picks, but, you know, this is what you wanted. You wanted the Knicks to just accumulate draft capital be able to draft young, good young players. Maybe you flip a few of the draft picks for a, maybe a disgruntled superstar or you know some solid players that you want to fill in. But this is what you wanted if you're a Knicks fan. You have your potential leading scorer in R.J. Barrett. You have your, your starting center in Mitchell Robinson. And now you have seven first next four years and second rounders where you can now pick and choose what areas you want to focus on. Obviously, this year they need to focus on drafting a good young point guard. My prefer, you know, I prefer Cole Anthony out of UNC. That's just me. Some people want Lamelo Ball. I, I kind of really don't want him. No. Um, I prefer Cole Anthony, born and bred New Yorker, who probably played with that New York grit, have a chip on his shoulder. But now, let's just say they get a good young point guard this draft. Now you can start picking, choosing who you want to draft with your draft picks in the future. All right, we need a three and D guy. All right, we have enough draft picks where we could draft other needs, but also focus on our three and D guy. You know, it's just stuff like that. I think that's huge if you're the Knicks. See, the only thing is, what's it called? Um, what's the deal with Leon Rose? You're this big-time agent. Does he stay in the agent role? Does he just be a president? How does that even work? 
No, he will. He, he's just the president now. So he would have to, I would assume he would have to get decertified from being an, uh, an agent. And now he'd just be a full-time president. Oh, sort of like um, Rob Polinka of the Lakers. He used to be a former agent as well. Bob Myers of the, the Warriors. He was a former agent. And like Brody Van Wagenen for the Mets. But Brody, Brody Van Wagenen, Wagenen. Well, he, he, he has a lot more control than what, than what Leon Rose would have. You know, he's also, you know, he, he picks, he'll, he, he handles the draft. He handles trades. Leon Rose is just the president. He's going to hire someone to do the drafting, to do the trading. So he has a lot less responsibility than Brody, but it's kind of like the same thing now. You know, they're not agents anymore. Now that now he's the president of the Knicks. I can't wait until he ruins his reputation all for nothing. <laughs> and he won't get another job after the Knicks destroy him. But no, no, no. I think that there's going to be – I think that's only good things to come. But obviously the, the key here, the major key is that they have to hit on their draft picks. If they don't hit on their draft picks, none of this means anything. So and, we'll see uh, what happens shocking. when they draft uh, Frank Nitlachina Jr. out of uh, uh, Iceland. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, let's shift gears now. You know, there's a huge, huge trade that went on on Wednesday where the Boston Red Sox, they traded away um, Mookie Betts, David Price. Let me let me pull up the full trade right here. So they sent out. Um, Luki Betts and David Price in cash to the Dodgers, and they had to send them cash <laughs> and cash for outfielder Alex Vert Verdugo, right hand pitcher uh, Brustar Gatterol, and also mm-hmm. the Twins. I butchered his name too. I apologize. And the Twins were also in this trade. They received starting pitcher Kenya Maeda from the Dodgers. So it was a three team trade where Mookie Betts and David Price ends up with the Dodgers. The Red Sox get two young players to start rebuilding their franchise, and the Twins get a solid starting pitcher to, to try to compete with the Yankees. So this is a huge deal, and obviously right now it's being held up because the, uh, the young pitcher that the Red Sox got, there's, you know, obviously everyone has to pass physicals in order for the trade to go through, and right now there's a couple of questions about the, the young right-hander's arm. So we'll see what happens if the trade's able to go through or not. If it doesn't go through... Nick, how awkward is it going to be at spring training when Mookie Betts shows up to the end, David Price, mostly Mookie, because, you know, he's like the face of the franchise, show up to spring training with the, with the Red Sox, a team that tried to get rid of them. If you're the Red Sox, you're a bozo if you hold up this trade over the health of him. Like, the whole point of the trade was to offload David Price and Mookie Betts for something, and you really wanted Alex Verdugo. And this pitcher was just like an added part of it. And you're going to hold it up over a pitcher you're not even going to use. That's clown shoes right there. Yeah, it's be a very awkward situation. And in, in the event that the trade does go through, Nick, this changes the whole landscape of the, the AL East. I mean, Boston's in a complete rebuild mode right now. And yeah, this trade was mostly just to try to, to get David Price's contract off the books. And the crazy part is, is that the Red Sox are paying half of his salary still. Um, so they were only able to get rid of half of his salary. And they traded away Buki Betts. They, they had to. Because if you're going to try to trade David Price with that Alcatraz of a contract, you have to attach a good asset in return. Um, I mean, along with it. And that good asset had to, had to be Mookie Betts. Because apparently the Red Sox offered him a 10-year contract worth over $300 million. And he turned it down. Because he apparently was seeking around $400 million. So the Red Sox probably thought, look, we don't value him at $400 million. 
He's going to be a free agent after this year. He's making about $27.5 million because of arbitration. So let's get rid of him. And the only way to get rid of him and shed salary is to attach him to David Price, send him out to L.A. And what's funny, Nick, a few years ago, you remember the Adrian Gonzalez trade when it was like a huge blockbuster trade with Agon? Uh, who was that fast guy? Crawford. Forgetting his first name on the Red Sox. But they, and I'm pretty sure Josh Beckett. Remember that huge, massive trade that the Red Sox sent to the Dodgers and they were able to rebuild? Yeah. It's almost like the same thing now. They got, they got rid of a bunch of good players to the Dodgers. They get rid of them to the, give them to the Dodgers and now they're rebuilding again. So, but this changes everything because now the Yankees, I think, I think they're, I mean, they were obviously clear cut to be first place in the division, but, you know, their only competition now and for, the, for the division title is the Tampa Bay Rays. And and with the Twins now getting Kenya Maeda, you know, now it adds another solid starting pitch to their staff because they're pretty much the only competition out of the Yankees other than the Astros. But we don't even know how they're going to bounce back after this whole cheating scandal. So, I mean, Nick, wh- who, else out, who else out there in the American League is really going to challenge the Yankees right now? Nobody. Nobody. I don't understand the Red Sox, like. It makes me kind of happy, though, because everyone always clowns of the teams, but, like, having to trade away your MVP cornerstone player who is under 28, that's Mm -hmm. dysfunction, I think. Like, you really – you sell your soul for one championship so you could, you know, be – instead of being uh, 43 championships away from the Yankees, now you're 42 away. What are they, 11 now? Yeah, I think 11, 12. Not not 100% sure. Like, wow, you really sold your soul for that championship, and now you have because you paid all these bum pitchers who have no arms, no shoulders, uh, noodle arms. Now you have to trade away Mookie Betts. Yeah, now you got to pay the price because you're right, Nick. They signed obviously had David Price that ridiculous contract. They have Chris Sale to a monster deal, and Nathan Nivaldi to a major deal too. And they kind of bit themselves in the butt, man. They got they signed three pitchers to all this money. Who, who play once every five days, and then they had to get rid of Mookie Betts, a guy who plays seven days out of seven. So, like, it's right. like it's not like he's like in the latter half of his career. He wants this gigantic contract. Like, if you want players like that, you have to give them big money, and you and you give your big money to those bums. Yeah, that's a, that's gonna be a yikes for me. Like, imagine you you don't. Um, you don't necessarily manage your cap, and you have to trade uh, trade Mike Trout. You have to trade Aaron Judge. You have to trade uh, Bregman before you know he turned into this cheating bum. <laughs> and you have to trade Mookie Best because you don't manage your cap. That's scary. I'm yeah. glad I'm not that young that made those clown shoes moves. And if I was a Boston fan, man, I'd be pissed right now because you know the Red Sox are clearly rebuilding. You get rid of their face of the franchise. And now that who knows how good they're going to be next year. I mean, they're probably not going to make the playoffs now. My favorite take is that, oh, Mookie Betts wasn't worth 400 mil. I said, stop crying behind your screen. You're, 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 (laughs) stop trying to defend this move. It makes, if you're the Red Sox, that's a bad move that you're trading away an MVP. It never works out. They basically got nothing in return either. We're trading for young players. Mookie Betts is like 27. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're trading for young players. Mookie Betts was an MVP and was your player. What do you mean? What and it'd be different building? if they got a haul, if they got a haul back for him, but they really didn't. They got two young guys for an MVP caliber player. 
They got two young guys for a young guy who's already an MVP. Good job, guys. Yeah. Good job. And the scary part is that guy's probably going to get a pay raise, too, for a job well done. <laughs> Mind-blowing. I should have gotten into the world of sports. Yep. But this it seems like everything that could go right has gone right for the Yankees this offseason. Think about it. You get Garrett Cole. By acquiring Garrett Cole, you make the Astros weaker. You take away their best pitcher. The Astros lose their GM, lose their, their manager, get caught for cheating. So now their reputation's in the tank. Who knows how good they're going to be now, bouncing back from this. The Red Sox lose their manager, isn't under the microscope right now, still under investigation for cheating with the Apple Watches and cheating now with, uh, with uh, Alex Cora. I mean, not the Apple Watches, but Alex Cora. And he, you lose him as the manager. Now they trade away... Um, Mookie Betts and David Price and it just seems like everything that could go right has gone right. Tampa hasn't really made any major moves. I believe that they lost a lot of you know behind the scenes people as well, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays so it just seems like everything that could go right for the Yankees has gone right for them and it seems like the universe is lining up to finally have a Yankees Dodgers World Series this coming upcoming year and you would have to think Nick they're the two best teams on paper right now Is it going to happen? If they can stay healthy, I think it could, but who knows? In a short series in baseball, anything can happen. And once you get to the playoffs, you know, anything could happen with that with that too. I mean, the short series in the beginning, if your players go cold for a few games, you never know what could happen. But we'll see. I think the Yankees' only competition right now in the AL are the Rays, the Twins, and the Astros, depending on how they bounce back from this comp- from this cheating thing. And then in the NL, I mean, I think it's the Dodgers by far over everybody else. Damn. Um, I'm I'm all for it because if, if that happens, you know what that means? That the Dodgers are going to choke because they have no no hope of closing out a World Series. <laughs> no matter who they get, I will never be confident as the Dodgers as a favorite in the World Series. Yeah, they have to prove themselves first, just like the Twins. The Twins getting Kenya Maeda, that's great. But they have proven time and time again that no matter who's on the field, no matter who's the manager, who's making decisions – they cannot beat the Yankees when in a big-time spot in the playoffs. So just like the Dodgers, until the Dodgers win the World Series, until the Twins beat the Yankees in the playoffs, you know, it's just you can't put any faith into them until that happens. Especially with Kershaw, the way he collapses, not scared. <laughs> yeah. Now, Nick, let's talk about James Paxton from the Yankees. Um, it came out a day or two ago that, he underwent back surgery. He's going to be out three to four months. So that'll sideline him till about June. You know, this is a this is a tough loss for the Yankees. Paxson was coming off a great second half where I believe he went like ten or eleven and zero after the All Star break. He had a pretty good playoff run, for the exception of of the first game that he pitched. But after the first game, he had a pretty good playoff run, and he was going to be looked at as an important pitcher for this Yankee staff coming into the season. He was probably going to be either a two or a three in the rotation. But now you don't have him till about June. Who knows how he's going to perform when he comes back from back surgery? Um, backs are always tricky, and I'm sure you know that being um, involved in the medical field yourself. Um, but this is the biggest thing when it comes to James Paxton. I told you this. I told people I'm, co- I'm close with the Yankees acquired Paxton. He's not an ace, and his biggest concern is his health. This dude cannot stay healthy for a full year, and he's continuing to prove me right time and time again. But We'll see what happens with Paxson. What, what, what are your thoughts with this whole situation? It just seems like, once again, the injury bug seems to be biting the Yankees on the butt. 
Well, it all makes sense. This is why they didn't do anything with J.A. crap. Yeah. And it all comes together. But what's mind-blowing is to me, like, sure, they could fill it in. But, like, if you – they've known that he was uh, going to be hurt and going to possibly get this surgery – I like I don't understand why they didn't go out and maybe sign like a one year deal or like a two year deal for like some kind of like depth. Like you know this could possibly happen and now mm-hmm. you have like J A Crap, Jordan Montgomery. Yikes. Yeah, well apparently, um, like you said, you know, the Yankees did know about this this back injury and they were monitoring it over throughout um throughout the entire offseason. They were looking to see um, maybe he doesn't need to have the surgery. Maybe he can just have some cortisone shots and rest and everything will be good. But if you're the Yankees, I mean, just just have have him have the surgery right after the season ends. That way his three to four months of recovery is his offseason. Like, I just don't get why they waited if there was a possibility that he would need the surgery anyway. Just get the surgery and get it over with. Because now you go into the season with four people in your rotation and Cashman came out and said that the fifth rotation spot is going to be decided between either Jordan Montgomery Michael King, Jonathan Luizaga, Luis Sessa, and Devi Garcia. And it's, he called it a, quote, an open competition. So, you know, it, right now I'm hoping that either Jordan Montgomery or, or Devi Garcia get the fifth spot. I, I like Luis Sessa in the bullpen. I like Jonathan Luizaga in the bullpen. And I, I don't really know too much about Michael King. So I'm hoping that it's either Montgomery or Garcia for that fifth spot. I'm waiting on it. I want to see it it's happen. I'm kind of not necessarily excited, but I want to see some moves being made. Mm-hmm. I want to I see kind of what happens. I'm kind of – when I saw that, I was like, oh, here we go. Another year where – because I don't think they could do what they did last year with all the management of the injuries. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't have too much faith in that. No, I agree with you. And you were right about the whole Hap thing. The reason why they didn't want to trade him because they knew about this Pax injury and they knew that, you know, Hap might have to play a big role this season again. And clearly now he's going to have to. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> – that was like the last thing I wanted. And here we go. Here we go again. J-A-Crap. Yep. But we'll see what happens with, this, with the New York Yankees. Spring training starts. Pitchers and catchers are court in just a few days. So we'll see about that. I, I'm pretty excited for the baseball season. Um, like, like I said before, it's only good things ahead if you're if you're the Knicks. Obviously, they got a hit on their draft picks. They got the seventh first in the next four years, a couple of second rounders. We'll see what happens with that. We'll see how these new players fit in with their new teams. D'Angelo Russell, Andre Drummond, Andre Iguodala, Marcus Morris. I'm curious to see how he's going to fit from going from a lead man to now being a bench, not a bench role, but now to being like a third, fourth option type of guy. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting, Nick. Any final thoughts for you? The only thing is, the Knicks are going to Nick, and the Yankees hopefully are going to Yankee. <laughs> yeah, at least we got the Yankees here in New York. That's my only hope. And wait, we got the Guardians starting this week. That's right. XFL starts up. I'm ready. <laughs> On duty. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to another episode of MNN Sports Talk Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MN Sports Talk Pod. Throw us a like on Facebook. Have a great weekend, everybody, and enjoy your day.